Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Most of this hour is reserved for more of your statewide phone calls. Program that number in for a little bit later, 1-800-849-2761. Sam Darnold will not yet return for the New York Jets, still recovering from mono and the spleen complications related to mono. Did you know? My daughter, soccer superstar, dealing with mono. I don't believe she kissed Sam Darnold at any point in this process. Avery is playing, returning to the soccer pitch this weekend after being cleared by doctors. In New York, it will be Luke Falk in for the mono leftover quarterback, Sam Darnold. Meanwhile, the Jaguars did just rule out Jalen Ramsey, their star but disgruntled cornerback for Sunday's matchup in Charlotte against your Panthers. It is complicated. The Panthers have some missing pieces as well, not just Cam Newton. To shine some light on these questions and that matchup and other things across the NFL, we turn to our good friend Joe Person. Find his work at theathletic.com and The Athletic Carolina. It is one of the early games on Sunday, the 2-2 two and two Jaguars at the 2-2 two and two Panthers. Before we dive into that, Joe, I think everybody agrees that the, the only two teams with 4-0 records, the Patriots and the Chiefs, are playing next-level football. From what you've seen elsewhere, anybody else, is anyone either close to the New England, Kansas City level or in your eyes, you know, maybe capable of getting there gradually? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I mean, kind of looking looking on the NFC side, I thought the two teams that played last night are pretty good. Yeah. And uh, in, in talking about the Rams and the Seahawks. And I don't know that they're great. Same thing with San Francisco. I think they, they are intriguing with Garoppolo healthy. And, and just playing at a pretty high level, but but I, I'm with you. I mean, like I, I don't I don't think there's a great team in the NFC South. I don't think I, I, I think the obviously the Saints, even with Drew Brees, in, in my opinion, they, they're not at that that Super Bowl level. I don't think there's a great team in the NFC East. I, I think I think the Cowboys got exposed a little bit last week against the Saints. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about all these NFC teams because that's the conference I cover. But I do think there's some good ones, uh, the the ones I mentioned, but, but I don't know that there's any great ones. There's a crazy quarterback matchup. Originally, we might have thought Nick Foles at Cam Newton. And, of course, it's Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania against the Panthers backup Kyle Allen. Both of these guys have taken their teams from 0-2 starts and lots of the wrong questions to these rejuvenated 2-2 records. What can you share about Minshew mania? I know you're more responsible from the Panthers side of the equation, and we'll get to that. But as I think of the Jags, I think of Leonard Fournette first. I think of, in some years, really good defenses for Doug Marone. And yet the nation seems to be talking about the former ECU and Washington State quarterback, Gardner Minshew. You know what's funny is eight years ago, uh, the last time Jacksonville came to Charlotte, we were talking about the quarterbacks also because it was Blaine Gabbard against Cam Newton, both of whom had just been drafted fairly high, obviously very high in camp case. Uh, In the 2011 draft, there was was at least some sentiment among some observers and fans that Marty Herney should have gotten Blaine Gabbard. And it poured, poured like deluge rain that day in Charlotte. And Cam Newton and Ron Rivera got their first career wins. And now... You're right. You fast forward now, I guess eight years later, I should say, and 
and no Cam, uh, no Nick Foles, and and yeah, the, listening to the Panthers defensive back talk about Minshew this week, it was interesting. I think it was Dante Jackson. He was saying that you could tell, or at least the Panthers felt like they could tell watching film of Minshew how like he rallies the huddle, like how guys are playing hard every snap for him. And I I found that beyond all the X's and O's, I found that pretty intriguing because that's what we've kind of heard and seen from the outside and you know, rallying not just the team but a city. But to hear Dante Jackson, who, uh, as it turns out, won't be playing Sunday with a groin injury, but the, the fact that he felt like he could see, you know, the, a, a notable difference with Minshew in the huddle, I thought that was interesting. And to a lesser extent, you know, Kyle Allen's been doing it a little bit, uh, certainly compared to Minshew Mania, way under the radar. Uh, someone asked him this week, what what would the nickname for him be? The alliterative nickname. <laughs> he said, "I don't know. You guys could come up with something." You're right. And for- nobody has, and that's kind of the point. Like Alan's done this quietly. Um, I was going to say efficiently, but that was not the case last week with his three fumble fumble game. Right. At the end of the day, he's two and zero this year, and then three and zero as a starter dating the last. You ready for a creative story I did, Joe? Hit, hit me, man. Just because we're old friends. All right. I want to find either through like archived sports radio there in Charlotte or on my statewide show, or maybe like your, if you keep them this long, incoming emails in your inbox. I want you to search for the people who wanted Blaine Gabbert drafted over Cam Newton eight years ago, the, <laughs> the way others create reality TV shows in pursuit of Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, or unicorns. What do you think? Right, right. No, that'd be cool. I mean, there, I, hard to I find them. Hard say, to find them, Joe. <laughs> I, I, well, I want to say, and I may be wrong on this, but I want to say Mel Kuyper was in that Gabbert camp. Um, but, uh, it, 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 it is fascinating. It's just, just but beyond Alan and Minshew, here you've got Ron Rivera now, eight years later, who is poised to per, uh, pass John Fox as the Panthers all time winning as head coach. Yeah. And yet he's doing that under a cloud of, of, of a bunch of fans at least who are ready to run him out of town. Like I can't tweet anything about Ron Rivera lately without people saying, you know, just all over the guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, I get it. You know, they, 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 the way they finished last year, the way they started this year. But, you know, he's done a, a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty commendable job over the years. That, I, I that, agree. And got him in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Look, I get it. That was, that, that's been four years ago. But, uh, you know, it, the irony will be is if he goes out here back at home after these two road wins with a chance to pass Fox in Charlotte and then doesn't get it done. Joe Person is joining us on Twitter. He's at Joseph Person online. It's theathletic.com and the Athletic Carolina. Elsewhere, the two and two Buccaneers visit the three and one Saints. Obviously, if Tampa wins and Carolina wins, you'd have an NFC South with three teams at three and two come Monday. Packers at the Cowboys, an interesting one, and in our backyard, the two and two Jaguars at the two and two Panthers. 
Uh, the Jaguars made official, I guess, today what seemed logical. Jalen Ramsey has missed practice for a wider variety of public explanations in the last week or so than anything I've ever seen. Right, first he was nauseous, and then is the <laughs> then he, we do know he, his uh, his his uh, wife or girlfriend or whatever I'm not sure had a baby, so that is at least right. easy to document. There were what back issues and other issues. Now we know he's not playing. This guy to me is one of the best players in the NFL at his position. How dramatically does this change? You know, just the the mechanics of this matchup because I know they lean on him a lot and if I'm Kyle Allen man I'd be thinking about him all week long where he playing Sunday afternoon no doubt no doubt about it and I I found it interesting that apparently Doug Marone came out uh, to Jacksonville reporters today and said yeah I think we're going to let Ramsey see a back specialist I'm like why like why are you just deciding that on Friday afternoon? Yeah. I mean, you know, that it just shows you what a farce as you said, Dave, that this whole thing and charade it, it has been. Um, yeah. Joe Flacco really was pick, picking on uh, everybody in the Jacksonville secondary last week, not named Jalen Ramsey, and and having a, a very good day at their expense. Uh, they end up of course the Broncos ended up losing when when Minshew, you know, got that, that game winning drive, but but nevertheless, I think yeah, I, this is a big break for the Panthers. Listen, I mean and and these things happen, you know, but but in the Panthers case, they've been happening with the injury report. You know, it was Ramsey, you don't know whether to check the injury report or the transactions or like the birth announcement. Yeah, or T M Z. Yeah. But yeah, I mean to to say that this is not you know you, you catch teams, sometimes the schedule is, ends up, you, you don't know it in April, but when, when, when it comes around in early October and Jalen Ramsey's not on the trip or on the field, then you look back and say, that's pretty favorable for us the way it fell, and the Panthers definitely need to try to take care of business. Were the Panthers full health, which rarely happens in football, I would love them at home on Sunday. It is more complicated, and I'm hoping for an update from you. We all know Cam Newton's still out with his foot issue. Uh, but, man, the offensive line, Greg Little, concussion issues, Trey Turner's been dealing with an ankle. That could be uh, two of five projected starters there. Brian Burns has been banged up. Eric Reed, Dante Jackson in this secondary. Chris Manhurts at tight end. Who's available? Who's not available? And, you know, who's going to be in the hot spotlight? You know, maybe a Dennis Daly or somebody if they have to get plugged into that offensive line. First, the good news, Brian Burns and Eric Reed are both questionable, but I think they're going to play. Just watching them at practice this week. Reed has an ankle injury. And and Burns Burns goes down in the annals of, of stupid sports injuries. You know, he punched his uh, fist into the ground in Houston last week after having had a partial block of a punt. I thought he was celebrating it. Ron Rivera said, no, he was upset that he didn't get the full block, but now he's got some wrist injury of of indeterminate uh, severity. Enough that he's going to probably wear one of those clubs on Sunday, but he will play. The bad news, as you said, Dave, is two-fifths of the offensive line is now out. And that's Trey Turner missing his second game with the ankle injury. And and, and what it could be a real alarming topic here is Greg Little missing another game as he goes into his second stint in the concussion protocol uh, very early in his career. And you can't help but think of Michael Orr 
it just yeah. the, the parallels because this kid was an old miss left tackle. He even knows uh, Leanne Tui, Michael Orr's you know, adopted mother, and and Michael Orr's injury uh, concussions ended his career early. I hope that's not the case. But for this week anyway, yeah, they're rolling with a six-round pick out of South Carolina, Dennis Daly. Ron Rivera would kind of would not stop. He stopped short of like saying is he's sort of still playing the game to where Daly's going to play. Is he going to be inside at guard? I think he's going to be at left tackle, and I think they're going to have to give him some help. Uh, and you know, with fullbacks chipping, maybe roll Greg Olson over there and have him chip a chip a guy like a Calais Campbell on his way out into his pattern because that is a tall order. Dennis Daly is a JUCO at, at South Carolina only started two years but he did at least start those two seasons at left tackle against pretty good competition in the sec last thing for you we've all seen christian mccaffrey just play out of sight well uh nfc leading rusher versus leonard fournette the afc leading rusher my question is more on the panthers defensive side of the things because we know what christian mccaffrey has done and you know, everybody's hoping for rest, but you know, when these games are close, you kind of understand why Norv Turner keeps running him out there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, is in some ways, like between the tackles, even more dangerous than Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's more versatile, of course, but he has been, I think, what, the highest use running back usage rate, more than 90% of the carries, but also like 20% of receiving targets? Or so, I mean, that's just crazy numbers up there with McCaffrey. Do the Panthers, without K.K. Short, have the personnel to deal with this in the trenches when I remember the Rams pushed him around in the running game a little bit, and the Buccaneers at times felt like they got the yards they needed in Tampa's win over the Panthers? Yeah, and last week in Houston, they they faced a team with zero, you know, running right. threat with with the injuries they've had. So you know, it's a great question, and and that's probably going to determine the game because Fournette is a man. Uh, I mean, that dude. I, I liked him coming out of the draft out of LSU, and I still like him. Uh, you know, when he's healthy, which which he is, and it's going to take a lot of guys, you know, gang tackling him. Uh, somebody like Daryl McCoy, who, who I don't think we have seen really him play his best football yet, his first four games with the Panthers. I think he's been okay, but I think he needs to, you know, if, if, if he's got anything left in the tank, we got to see it. Uh, and, and this would be a good week, too, as you said, with, with K1 Short going on. And then another guy, and, and, and this is. Yeah, you know, like these stories, sometimes they end up being the, 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 you know, the good Cinderella story. But Vernon Butler, you remember him. He's the first-round pick in 16 after the Super Bowl season. They were picking very low, 30th, 30th or 31st. And, um, and he's done nothing to the point where they did not pick up his fifth-year option for next year, which has been pretty much a fait accompli with, with most of these first-round picks. So he's basically playing for his, uh, his next contract, yep. probably somewhere else. And last week, the end of the Texas game, he finally made a play. He went in, got his hands on the ball, and stripped uh, yes. Deshaun Watson of the football to steal that to steal that victory. So he's going to have his hands full. But but guys, those are the two guys that I'm going to be watching Sunday. It, I think the edge guys are going to be good, getting pressure on Minshew. But you're right. Uh, to, to keep Fournette for just having a monster game, it's going to be obviously Luke Keekley, but then McCoy and Butler got to come up big. 
Joe Person on Twitter, at Joseph Person online, The Athletic Carolina. Keep up the good work, man. Always appreciate your contributions. Have a good weekend, and good luck to your daughter on the soccer pit. Thanks, bud. Joe Person on Twitter, at Joseph Person, all-around good guy, former college football player, knows the NFL inside, outside, upside, and downside. We have tickets to give away, Darren. NHRA Nationals, the Carolina Nationals at Z-Max Dragway next Saturday, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. Every ticket is a pit pass. We'll give away two four-packs of tickets on the other side. We also have room for your free-for-all Friday questions, comments, complaints. I have a little bit more on the other matchups of the weekend. I gave you my overview of Jaguars at Panthers. The Buccaneers at the Saints is a more interesting matchup now than I would have guessed back in August. Bruce Arians has become a little bit of a quarterback whisperer for that Jameis Winston guy. And after a rough start, Jameis Winston has had back-to-back-to-back good games while leading the Buccaneers to a 2-2 and record. The Bucs look dangerous. The Saints, of course, are the divisional favorite and are 3-1. and They lost for the first time uh, in the absence of Drew Brees, but Teddy Brewer, Teddy Bridgewater got them back on the winning track last weekend against the Cowboys. The Vikings are at the Giants. The 49ers host Cleveland on Monday night. San Fran hasn't lost yet. The Chiefs host the Colts on Sunday night. KC hasn't lost yet. And the 4-0 Patriots are a safe bet to get to 5-0 unless you believe 0-4 Washington is going to upset that apple cart. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. We will give away some tickets. Baseball's playoffs are on our mind. The return of basketball, college and pro, also fair game. Darren and I were at the Canes game last night. We're always happy to talk hockey. The NCAA amateurism model is under attack. And I share some of your reservations out there. I've been shooting down some callers and their theories just because I think the idea that, hey, kid, you signed up for this, so you get what you get when it comes to the rules. I think that's not the best way to approach things in life, in sports, in our community, or otherwise. It really comes down to let's be fair with the rules. How can we find a fair landing point with those rules rather than, hey, you get what you get, kid. Nobody's pointing a gun at you to play college sports. There's a better way. It's complicated to get there, I agree, and I actually share some of your reservations, but I don't think the status quo is an acceptable answer. More on that topic with your questions and comments, 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Quick follow-up to some emails and tweets I've been getting about our amateurism debate. As you're welcome to jump in on NFL Week 5, it had an exciting start last night. Seahawks over Rams 30-29. Seattle is off to a 4-1 start, and Russell Wilson is playing like an MVP candidate, the former Wolfpack star quarterback. The Panthers host the Jaguars with a great chance to get to 3-2. and two. But they're missing some key pieces on both lines, and that'll be a challenge against Minshew Mania and Leonard Fournette. 
The Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Niners remain undefeated. Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback, gets a big challenge against the Vikings. That game is in New York. Vikings at the Giants. The Bucks are at the Saints. The Packers are at the Cowboys. In college football, the schedule is led by Auburn at Florida. Both are 5-0. and Both are ranked in the national top 10. It is in the swamp, but Auburn's probably the better team. How does the true freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, handle that situation? He's done really well so far. We'll see if those Tigers can keep the unbeaten pace of those Clemson Tigers of the ACC. 1-800-849-2761. Ohio State hosting Michigan State, Iowa at Michigan. The Big Ten for a change gives us two of the bigger matchups of the college football weekend. With so many ACC teams off, Really, the best matchups are Duke hosting Pitt tomorrow night on the ACC network. The winner still has a shot at a special season or even maybe a run at the ACC title game. Carolina is at Georgia Tech. The Heels have a legit shot to be a bowl team this year, year one under Mac Brown. That is better than most predicted back in August. However, they need to take care of business against inferior opponents for that to happen. Georgia Tech at 1-3, and three, if you did your power rankings, 1-14, through 14, the Yellow Jackets would be number 14 in this league. Scott Satterfield has Louisville playing better ball than you would think. Everybody else has more talent than the Yellow Jackets do. It's Carolina at Georgia Tech. It has been a haunting ground of sorts, Atlanta, for Carolina football teams under various coaches. We'll see if the Tar Heels can get it done against the Yellow Jackets mid-afternoon tomorrow, also on the ACC Network. Josh in Huntersville wants to talk about the NCAA's amateurism model as it is under attack. Y'all can jump in on the hockey, basketball, baseball, or football headlines of the day or take us elsewhere at 1-800-849-2761. Predictions, questions, comments, and yes, the complaint window is open here at the David Glenn Show. Josh, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm great, David. Happy Friday to you. Right back at you. What's going on? Hey, I think the NCAA uh, could come out smelling like a rose if they just um, go along with this plan because they get to keep all their money and it's good for them. And the kids who command the money get to get paid. And that's one of the biggest complaints is that the NCAA is just sitting up in their office smoking cigars and eating caviar and uh, keeping all the money. And this way, everybody who deserves the money gets it, and the NCAA keeps all their money. Oh, the upside to this plan is that the this is not – it's actually a weird name for the law in California because pay-for-play words should not be used here. It is third-party money. Just think of – Video game makers, shoe and apparel companies, and by the way, the California law as written says that if your school already has a deal with fill-in-the-blank, you personally, athlete, are not allowed to go out there and strike a deal with their competitor. So there are exceptions even in this new proposal, which again won't be the reality, at least in the near future. But California wrote it in a way that they wanted the NCAA to consider the details, and they even wanted the NCAA to see that they had considered the details. The question, Josh, if you were on the board, let's say, of decision makers at the NCAA, I'm sure you can imagine the difference, even though you are absolutely right with your starting premise here. Of course the NCAA is happy if the new money is coming from other people. I will tell you that ADs are worried. In my example earlier in today's show, people who used to contribute large amounts directly to the university's booster club now will be spreading more of that money directly to athletes. So that does make 
college sports officials nervous that their numbers will get down because they want control of that money, right? But beyond that, there's a fork in the road that everybody can see, I think. Do you regulate or do you not regulate? Because I'm telling you, man, you can all envision this stuff. For example, if you regulate it, does it matter if the third party is paying the player to go to a school or not? In other words, you're, you're on the decision. Darren, we're making the rule, all right? In this room, and I've been asked to attend seminars on this, if the NCAA wants my input, I will charge them thousands of dollars per hour. Seminars I occasionally do at no charge. If I'm the speaker, there is a charge. But frankly, they're not doing a good enough job of brainstorming these things. I do it just to prepare for the show or for the seminars or as a guest on other people's shows or as we probe these things here on our statewide syndicated platform. But that's a fork in the road, right? Do you rate if you regulated not at all? Athletes, take whatever you want from third parties. That will cause people indigestion, but it simplifies things. You want a li- you want a bright line test? Doesn't matter what you take from whom or why. <laughs> okay, we're not paying you, and by our definition, that's good enough. And this is a theoretical new world for college sports. Completely unregulated. You don't need to know who paid whom what. You don't need to know why they did it. Oh, was it enticement to f- to go to Billy Bob's Tractor's favorite school, or was it just Billy Bob wanting that athlete as a spokesperson? You don't need to care. If it's unregulated, it doesn't matter. But the NCAA is not prone to saying, ah, yeah, it's all good, <laughs> no, no problem. And guess what? Once it starts mattering, good luck proving intent. Good luck. The NCAA already has a hard time enforcing the rules that do exist. Imagine, and they're seriously, they're in the business of micromanaging. It's what they do. If they're going to give more freedom, they're going to regulate that freedom. They're just going to do it. That's how they roll. Imagine, oh, Bill, yeah, I'm Billy Bob. I run Billy Bob's tractors. I, under this new futuristic NCAA model, now I'm allowed to pay the person to be on my billboard to whatever, be a spokesperson for Billy Bob's tractors. If the NCAA regulates, and y'all can see the number of ways that they might try to if it gets to this point, does it matter why Billy Bob is paying the young person, the athlete? Does it matter? Is it only okay if it's simply a business transaction? Oh, yeah, free market, name, likeness, image, representation. Why shouldn't that college athlete be able to benefit off of his or her name by being a spokesperson for Billy Bob's tractors or helping him get publicity to sell more tractors, whatever? Does it matter? Why? Does the why matter? I'm just trying to sell more tractors. Oh, but you've been a booster for Podunk State University for the last 30 years. Does the NCAA, which already has a hard time enforcing its own rules, you going into that quagmire? You're going to dive into that can of worms? Good luck. Or, Or even if, you know, imagine this, and this is just the way my lawyerly brain works. You don't know the number of 
good ideas, Darren, that come up at the start of law cl- legal classes that by the end, man, they they have <laughs> nitpicked down. you into n- oblivion. <laughs> you get some bright legal minds in the same room. You, you walk to class that day skipping like you were you were your feet were barely touching the ground because you had it. And then you turn it loose on the rest of the class, and and you're physically limping back to your car in the parking lot by the time this conversation is over. What if you were all, again, if the NCAA regulates this futuristic version, what if it has to be fair market value? You want to talk about another can of worms? Oh, he's not really paying Billy. Billy Bob's Tractors is not really paying that guy 50 grand because the value of him being that billboard spokesman is 50 grand. He's paying him 10 grand to be the spokesperson, but the 40 grand is wink wink. Only if you sign with Podunk State University do you get the other 40 grand. Like good luck, good luck proving that. Like really? I what's fa- the NCAA doesn't want to be in the business of determining what fair market value is, right? Can you see the headache after headache after headache? That's why I agree with those who say it's not as simple as some of the proponents say it is. Oh, come on, just let the free market reign. All right, well, if you want totally, totally unregulated, you don't think that one of the repercussions will be some of these quagmires that I am describing. You know they will be. You absolutely know they will be. And how about this? What if there is no university middleman? Again, control freaks. Okay, Billy Bob's allowed to hire that quarterback or defensive back or whomever. But just so we know it's all on the up and up, there's going to be somebody at the university serving as a middleman. Like some of these proposals I've seen, the money will be held in trust until the athlete is done playing. So go ahead and strike your deal with the video game maker. And the video game maker will pay your my Podunk State University. will hold that money for you. So it is more fair. It is more free market. It is third-party money into these athletes' pockets. But if, again, this is the difference between regulated and unregulated, if the schools, the NCAA members say, well, we, we can't let we can't let our athletes be exploited by third parties because, you know, only we're allowed to exploit our student athletes. No. If, the, <laughs> if you stayed out entirely, are you telling – let's say you're an athlete and your Uncle Dave practiced law for a long time. You think anybody's getting anything over on you? Good luck. I will run you through the cheese grater by the time I'm done with you if you try to take advantage of my kid or my nephew or niece or whatever – But let's be real, the large majority of college athletes, especially in the revenue sports, don't have convenient access to Uncle Dave who will do such things for free. And they might not have mom, dad, mentor, or somebody else who can make sure it's not a shyster telling them about what they will get if they'll sign with Podunk State. And then the guy hurts his knee and he was promised tens of thousands of dollars, but now he might not be able to help the Podunk State university football team and now shyster guy with all the promises can't be found anywhere oh and where's the contract young man 18 year old freshman oh you you got him to sign oh oh no coach i forgot to get him to sign well how much was it for oh he promised me fifty thousand dollars well did you get any of it up front oh no man i i just thought he was good for it right think i mean seriously 
That ain't a possibility. That's a probability. And it's going to happen in a lot of different places. Again, I don't think these headaches are a reason to throw up your hands and say, well, we shouldn't try anything at all. Progress requires indigestion and warts and ugly underbellies. It just does. Don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. One of my favorite phrases. Because you know it will be wildly imperfect, don't just give up entirely. Don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. What if the, what if the university is the middleman? Well, there will be less shyster-like behavior, right? But the NCAA member schools will want more control. Okay, they're going to say maybe. You don't get it until you've exhausted your eligibility. Or what if they tried to say you only get it if you earn your diploma before moving? Like, some of these proposals would be illegal. Some would be debated in lawsuits. This is going to be a long, complicated, painful, ugly journey. But the status quo is not going to stand. Either by force of lawsuit, by force of the United States Congress, or, less likely, the NCAA listens to California and implements some parts of it and some version of that plan. That's where we're headed. And the new model will be in place before 2023, which is the year listed in the California law as the starting point. For those who don't know, a dozen other states have legislators proposing their state's version. We're never going to get to that point. 50 different sets of rules for colleges in 50 different states. It's not going to happen. Could it happen theoretically? Yes, it could. Practically speaking, will it happen? It will not. It just definitely will not. Which of these forms will it take? I really don't know. I've been to these seminars. If there were the easy, I can outline it for you in two minutes or less. No problems. No worries. If that were out there, it would have been found by now. It would have been adopted by now under pressure. And it would be probably already underway at our mythical podunk state and everywhere else if it's above the table remember it's taxable so perhaps <laughs> the glendavian when once i reach the higher offices i can lower everybody's taxes because under these new models for college sports a lot of what used to be under the table untaxed will now be above the table and thus taxable so if i'm collecting more as I send my versions of Robin Hood all over our great land to collect from you the way the kings used to send people out on horseback to lug their taxes back to the kingdom, there will be more regulation, more above board, more collectible taxes. Theoretically, that allows us, Darren, at the David Glenn Show Kingdom to reduce the tax rates on everybody else. 1-800-849-2761. NHRA tickets on the other side. Andrew wants in on college football. Jim wants in on the NCAA model. He sees a new future. He sees an even more unlevel playing field, and I think he's going to make a point that I agree with. More of your questions and comments about the week that was, the weekend to come, sports and other stuff next on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 
Welcome back to Free For All Friday, 1-800-849-2761. Jim is in Wilmington, and next up, to win a four-pack of tickets to the NHRA Carolina Nationals at ZMAX Dragway next Saturday, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. Every ticket is a pit pass. Of course, you can go to charlottemotorspeedway.com, or you can call right now and tell me the name of what I would describe as the most famous family in the history of of the NHRA. Now that is subjective, so technically there could be more than one possible answer. But the father in this family is a longtime, 16-time NHRA champion driver. And the father in this family, let's just say, has his daughters and other members of his extended family also involved in motorsports. So you get that there, and the dad is John. He has been a guest on this program and somebody who will say his last name, famous daughters who also drive, name that motorsports family, and you get a four-pack of tickets to next Saturday's NHRA Carolina Nationals at ZMAX Dragway right there next to Charlotte Motor Speedway in the Queen City, which Sunday gets to host Jacksonville at Carolina in a battle of two-and-two teams using backup quarterbacks Minshew Mania, Gardner Minshew taking on Kyle Allen. Both are making history, believe it or not. Kyle Allen can join Kurt Warner as the most recent quarterbacks to win their first four NFL starts. That was 20 years ago for Kurt Warner, who went on to the Hall of Fame. Kyle Allen is 3-0, and he can join that exclusive company with a win over Jacksonville on Sunday. Gardner Minshew has the highest quarterback rating of any NFL rookie through his first four games in the Super Bowl era, meaning more than 50 years. So backups, nothing was expected in August and yet they may be in the process of making history. 1-800-849-2761. Jim in Wilmington, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. DJ, how are you doing? Doing great. What's on your mind? Beautiful day in Rifle Beach. Oh, it's it's what Um, I like to hear. Yeah. I love the the new plan compared to anything else I've heard. Um, I think it changes a lot of things. My concern is that the boosters with the deepest pockets are going to get the kids, and it's not going to be so much we're going to represent so you can do your likeness and this and that's going to be. You come to Texas, here's a million dollars. You're going to come to Texas. Yeah. Or maybe not a million. Well, you know, the nut but right. So, so, so the, the Texases and the Alabamas and the, and the, you know the schools I'm talking about. Yeah, the, and, it, the, the, and it's already an unlevel playing field, and those same people, by the way, are already helping it be an unlevel playing field, right? Like if you have a bigger, shiny stadium, that came from somewhere. And sometimes it's those mega millionaire boosters that are lining your booster club's pockets with the kind of money that it takes to refurbish the stadium or make it bigger or redo the kids' locker rooms or whatever. So you're right. It would make an already unlevel playing field even more unlevel in favor of the richer schools and those with the richer boosters. I think some people don't realize that that is just already the case to a great degree and this would just be a new stream where it can become unlevel in one more way let me try barry and zebulon he may have the answer to the nhr question of the day welcome to free for all friday barry how are you i'm doing great thank you dg it's great to have you with us uh would you be able to use a four pack to the nhra carolina nationals next saturday you better believe i would that's what i like to hear can you name that famous motorsports family i was describing earlier 
the one, the only John Force. That is correct. That is correct. And do you know, I know multiple daughters are in his business. I think one is more of a driver and one is more of a business person. Is that right? Yeah, he had um, started out with his first daughter. Ashley was driving, and then I think she started a family. Then it went to Courtney. She just quit this year, and now he's got a daughter that's driving a top fuel car that's still in it. So he's only got one daughter driving at the current time. I'll tell you what's funny. I don't know how long you've been a listener to our show, Barry, but John Force has probably joined us, I'm not even kidding, two dozen times. And I know oh, yeah. ver- I know very little about the NHRA, but that guy's a hoot, man. He's well, fun. Let me, let, me, let me just tell you, he is, to me, what makes drag racing great because he's such a character. You never know what's going to come right. out of his mouth. Right. He's so passionate. He's still winning. He just won his 151st race. I mean, no other And he's 70 years old, race. right? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, no other racing sport has a 16-time champion. Man, he, I mean, it's, he used it's to crazy. Just, and you remember him as our guest? I do. I remember him as your guest. And yeah. even before he was your guest and before you had a TV show, any radio show, I met him at a gas station <laughs> in Rockingham. That's cool. Uh, coming off of his uh, bus. Because he's, he's the guy who started the really the corporate look for Dragon. Yes. He was the first guy to have three fat trainers there with the big tents and bringing all the corporates. I mean, John Force has been such a guy who has changed the face of drag racing, and he's such a character, and he's so passionate about it. I mean, I just, to me, that's what NASCAR is missing. NASCAR has vanillaized their drivers, and NHRA has not done that. And John Force is a reason why we still love drag racing. Barry, he's such you, a character. you stay on the line. Quick, quick memory of mine. A, we had to remind John Force that we were not on cable television and that we were regulated by the FCC. My former producers, uh, Jared Brooks, Hayes Permar, would have to say to John, hey, man, this is like AM and FM radio, dude. You can't drop any word that's on your mind. Uh, and the other thing was his passion for describing how fast he goes in a, in a drag race. You know, he was comparing it to, like, NASA-type numbers. It was fascinating to me, and that's a sport that I didn't have a whole lot of interest in before I met John and had him as a regular guest. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver (laughs) to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. It's a little Jimmy Buffett called Lovely Cruise always takes us into the weekend. We hope it's been a lovely cruise through the sports world over whatever chunks of the last five days you were able to spend with us. We always appreciate you on our good days, on our bad wins when we accidentally steer you into the rocks and otherwise. Appreciate Joe Person dropping by today. Great guests all week long. Great calls all week long. Enjoy the games. We'll be back right here noon to 3 Monday. Hope you're with us. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.